Welcome to another episode of the Iron Pulse Podcast. Today, Kyle and I are going to be talking about some good practices, some best practices when writing your blog posts. Um, I know that a lot of people recently have been getting into blog posts, and there are good reasons as to why. And Kyle's going to start it off, and we will take it from there. All right. Who's ready to learn about some blog posts? <laughs> me. <laughs> Enlighten yeah. me. Oh, yeah, you have to learn about them because we're doing the podcast, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so mainly the main objective of a blog post, right, is you want to make them informative. You want to focus on the quality. You want to have clear, defined objectives. And you also want to try to publish on a schedule, right? So if you think about a time where you were trying to, I don't know, maybe think of a cooking recipe or you were trying to um, – maybe you're looking up reviews on a product, right? there's no better way to actually understand or find that information than reading it from someone that's already previously done it. And more oftentimes than not, you'll probably stumble across the blog. Someone, you know, had the same thought process. Maybe they figured out um, how to do something. They gave them a lot of trouble. Like maybe they, I don't know, fixed a recipe or something. And they're like, you know, I'll write about it because maybe someone else is having the same issue that I'm having. More oftentimes than not, you'll stumble across that blog post and you'll read it. You'll find it really informative. You might even share it with your friends. You might even, I don't know, post it on your own social media and say, hey, this was like really helpful for me for anyone else that's trying to read about it. So the, the cool thing about blogs is it's a way for you to kind of share your experiences or anything that you've struggled with in the past and give your readers information and, you know, something that maybe it would take three to five minutes to read. Um, that's at least what we try to focus on on doing with our Iron Pulse blogs, but it just gives the reader something short and sweet to read that gets to the point and helps them out. And um, it's a great way to kind of give your key audience information on whatever, you know, struggles they might be having. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that you got to clearly identify like the category, um, the niche that you want to target with your specific blog posts as well. So like a lot of our blogs are related to like helping other entrepreneurs, like providing value in that sense. Um, I know like to-do blogs, like, um, let's see, nutrition blogs, how like recipes, like those are very good. And to Kyle's point that he was saying is like a lot of those get shared out on other social media platforms and it allows people to, you know, create more traffic for yourself. What about posting frequency, Kyle? Like how, how many times a week, like I know we shoot for one, I would say probably like one or two times per week would, you know best be like to help optimize your blogs uh what do you what do you think i think it probably depends like if you're if you're strictly a blogger you probably want to be doing blogs just about every single chance you get but for you know someone like us that you know we're a a company that's focused on a lot of other things too i'd say anything between one to two times a week is probably you know make it whatever's feasible to where you're not just pushing blogs out just to push them out but they're also very informative and engaging Right. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you have some news about your brand, like if we have news about Iron Pulse, um, our products, just the company in general, like we can obviously, you know, boost more organic traffic uh, to our website by posting about those exciting things. We can talk, I think we do pretty good with like following the 80-20 rule in terms of 80% like informational posts, 20% promotional posts. I think really our promotional posts, um, the only one that we have on there, I think, is our actual like press release promoting right. ourselves. I think everything else has been pretty informational, which, so, you know, we do stick around that 80, 20, uh, you know, the 80, 20 guideline in terms of information to 
uh, promotional posts. So, what about calls to action, like CTAs? Have we, like, I, I, I don't know if we've done the best job with CTAs, um, but it, then again, it can be hard unless you're sending people to like a different website or you're sending people to your website or a product or to, you know, just get them to share it on social media, giving them access to share it to like their Instagram, their Twitter, their LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever the case is, you know, that gives them the call to action for your reader to continue to engage with your brand, with your blog. Um, you know, maybe it's an email sign up or you just want to send them to the contact form to contact you. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can do CTAs and, I think that Kyle and I, we do a good job at asking questions. However, I think making it easily accessible for people to share. I don't know if, if our website has been really thought out or designed to like share blog posts. I could be wrong though. I'll have to take a peek. Kyle, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, no, I'd have to look. But yeah, I, I guess that's this. a good point. So, I mean, if someone's going to make a website about blogs, make sure that you have some type of share button um, when you're making the blog so that if anybody reads it and finds it useful, it's easy for them to share it out. Yeah, ours do not have a way to share out. It's more of just, you know, an informational post. But, but then again, we're also using our website in general, right? So, like, the, the information tips... You know, we should look into getting those access to share out, um, but promotional ones like people you're already on our site, you know, so the, the click to action could just take you to like the shop page or whatever the case is. Or the call to action, not the click to action. Um, another thing to consider is, Kyle, this is a big one for you, <laughs> is just grammar. Um, Kyle, when Kyle and I first started like, Post, it's like I, I Kyle, I think you've gotten a lot better with your grammar. I mean, ne neither one of us, like n neither Kyle or myself, are you know professionals when it comes to understanding grammar, spell check, editing tools. However, we do do a good job of like bouncing back between one another and catching like each other's mistakes, just proofreading and you know using missed words, reading stuff backwards so that you can catch stuff that maybe your mind just glances and skips over. Like the, the the's, the ands, the it's, is, like the shorter words that your mind just really doesn't process. Um, so then we read some posts backwards. When it comes to punctuation, commas, periods, semicolons, like we're, you know, there are times when we are just not the best. I mean, I'll admit it, Kyle would probably admit it too. Uh, but we, you know, proofreading your blogs, uh, maybe a few times before publishing them, that is a good rule of thumb to have. You, you know, you don't want to have those mistakes, especially because a lot of people that do write blog posts have a writing background. They usually have like some form of creative writing or journalism background because it makes for engaging um, materials, right? So they do have a pretty good uh, knowledge and background when it comes to grammar and correct punctuation. But yeah, Kyle and I are, we're still learning and we've, we've made it through college. So yep. <laughs> our yeah, Our English sure. just gets better. <laughs> yep. And then the other thing too, you'll want to have is you'll want to have uh, good descriptions. So Google allows you to have like 160 characters of the preview to the blog post, because if you, you know, if you search something, you have the big hyperlink, it'll take you to it. Then underneath that, there's usually a short description. So you want to make sure that that's accurately representative of what the reader will learn from reading the blog post to kind of drag them into 
um, the blog post itself. And then the other thing you want to do is you want to have a catchy title for whatever it is that you're learning or you're trying to share to your audience. Um, if you make it something super bland, like think about yourself as the consumer, like you're going to click on something that's more engaging and sounds like it'll be way more helpful than if it's just a really bland title that doesn't really grab your attention. No, I completely agree. So kind of on the lines of grabbing people's attention, images, right? So like including images in your blog, that's a good way to break up text. Um, you can catch the reader's eye. You can just create, you know, more backup points to help cement like the article that, you know, you're, you're discussing. Um, but that said, don't get caught in making like a collage or just cramming photos into the blog, just hoping for the best, um, you know, that, you know, you, you don't want, because people are there to read the blog, right? They're there to read the information, to put the information to use. They're not there to go through like a picture book and, you know, take away some sub subliminal messaging from the images. Choose, you know, some featured images that fit the context of the article, okay? Maybe two to three images. I know Kyle and I, we our only image is the one that sits at the header, it sits at the top of the page. Like we have not put in anything like throughout the blog, but that's also because our blogs are not long at all. You know, we keep them pretty short and we keep them short for a reason, you know, attention span, we take that into account and we try not to have like any or much fluff when it comes to the information that we're providing. We stay like on point, um, you know, provide information in a few sentences. So you're not sitting there reading it for, you know, 20 minutes it might be like a three a three minute read if that would you say kyle i don't think it'd be more than that yeah no they're relatively short right yeah and you know another good thing too is just your seo like your search engine optimization obviously having keywords is huge right how, how would how would people find your blog post well they find it through keywords and seo um you know, you can use meta descriptions, which is basically like it'll when you search it on Google, it'll show you, you know, what the article is about. Uh, you can have title tags, you can have internal headers, you can have internal and external links, which create backlinks like back to your blog from people that, you know, uh, click on them. So you can continue to you know, use links, use the SEO, try to bump yourself up in the ranking with those keywords. However, don't get to the point where you're like infringing on other people's work. Okay. So like you can have creative infringement, which, you know, if you're copying other people's works or you're copying, um, just other case studies or pictures that aren't royalty free and you're not correctly citing them, you can run into issues of infringement. So the best practice is not to infringe. Make sure that you give credit where credit is due or you're using royalty-free images that, you know, people allow you to use that you don't necessarily have to credit. Is it good practice to still give them credit? Of course. You know, like it would be nice, like put yourself in their shoes, right? If you did something and somebody wasn't giving you credit for it, you'd be pretty pissed. I would be pretty pissed. Kyle, would you be upset with that? Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> I'd be mad. Right. So, yeah, so just just make sure that you're you know you're giving credit where credit's due. Those are yeah, I mean those are pretty good. You know, just keep keep your post pretty unique, informational. Um, try to get that, those call to actions in there. Make sure your grammar, your spelling is correct. Have a couple images, but not enough to the point where it's just a collage and it's 
people are no longer reading the context. They're just looking at the images. You know, identify your topics and categories that you want to talk about. Make sure you know who you're talking to, who your audience is, right? Because like you don't want to do like an entrepreneurial post and then all of a sudden you're just reaching out to more people that are just working nine to five and love their corporate life. Like th that's just not like mine and Kyle's audience, right? So if that was the case for us, we would need to really rework the keywords and how we're marketing our stuff. Yeah. And the other thing okay. too, that the last thing I'll add is make sure that you're writing content that you would find helpful or useful yourself, right? Like if you're writing about something just to write about it, nine times out of 10, your target audience probably won't find that very useful. Like when Cam and I experience a, a mistake or a failure and we learn from it, usually we try to incorporate that into a blog post so that anybody else that's trying to, you know, break away from their job and kind of start their own path or start their own company, you know, who knows, maybe they'll run into the same issue and they'll search it on Google. And, you know, more oftentimes than not, hopefully something from our page or our blog, um, blog post will come up and it'll help them in the future. Right. Don't just write for the sake of writing. You want to provide value. And to Kyle's point is like, we've, you know, we've had some mistakes, we've had some issues, some failures, some successes, we've learned from it all. And we talk to, you know, some of those scenarios, and we'll continue to talk to more in the future. Um, one last thing is just that make sure that if you want people to subscribe to your blog page, or to your website, whatever the case is, make sure that the sign up for their email is like clearly visible, right? You don't want it to be hidden anywhere or hard to access. It's the same thing with the, so the social sharing. Right. If you want people to share your stuff across their social channels, make sure that they can do that and make sure that it, they don't have to jump through 10 hoops to get there. Three clicks or less. You know, it should it should honestly already be on the blog page. Um, so it's like three clicks to buy stuff. But like on the actual blog page, you should have the sharing right there. Super simple. So, right. Yep. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Kyle? Nope. Just, uh, you know, if you, if you're saying you're going to start a blog post or a blog uh, page, just go ahead and do it. Don't keep thinking about it. Yeah. Never a better time than the present. As always, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Pinterest at official iron pulse. If you would prefer our email, we uh, have got you covered. You can subscribe to the iron pulse report on the newsletter, follow the blogs on shopironpulse.com, And remember, no matter what you do, be all in.